That's awesome. All right, we back on schedule. So, but God has given us today a much better way to worship. This is the way that they worshiped in the Old Testament. Only one man out of that entire congregation and company of Israel ever got to go into the holy place, the high priest. None of the other folks in that entire congregation, that camp of people, ever was allowed to go into the presence of the Lord. In fact, they, they could only go as far as that altar, that brazen altar, and offer sacrifice. It was the priesthood that went from the labor on into the holy place. But God's done something much better with us today. It's in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 8. Now, Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Most people and uh, scholars agree on that. Hebrews 8.5 says, They serve in a place of worship that is only a copy a shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure that you make everything according to the design that I have shown you here on the mountain. Now, in heaven, there was the mercy seat. Just like God gave Moses the plan for the earth, there was one in heaven as well. Hebrews 9, 8. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the most holy place was not open to the people as long as the first room and the entire system it represents were still in use. This is an illustration pointing to the present time, for the gifts and sacrifices that the priest offered are not able to cleanse the consciences of the people who bring them. For that old system deals only with food and drink and ritual washing. External regulations that are in effect only until their limitations can be corrected. So what we're talking about is we're talking about a shadow. Have you heard this, this, the term a shadow of things to come? There's also a word called typology. Okay, It is a type. The rock that followed the children of Israel through the wilderness was a type of Christ. When Moses, when they needed water, and God said to Moses, I want you to smite the rock, Moses hit the rock, and water came out of the rock. Anybody ever read that story? Now, the next time they needed water in the desert, God said, this time I want you to what? speak to the rock but the children of Israel made Moses angry they were with their murmuring complaining you know it was always it was always a probably divine pattern that Moses and God were never on the same page in agreement when wiping out the children of Israel when God wanted to wipe out the children of Israel and give Moses a whole new people to, to lead Moses said no you don't want to do that when Moses wanted to wipe out the children of Israel, God said, no, you don't want to do that. But if they ever got on the same page at the same time, they were in trouble. All right? The children of Israel were in trouble. So the, God says, I want you to talk to the rock. Moses gets angry with the murmuring of the children, and he hits the rock again. Water flows. But this is what caused Moses to not be able to go into the promised land. Because he disobeyed. Why? Did, what was a big deal? Because he messed up the typology because Christ is only going to be smitten once not twice 
So Moses said, the Lord said, Moses, because you've done this, you can see into the promised land, but you cannot go into the promised land because you have messed everything up here. How about that? So we're talking about outward things that deal, the old system deals with outward, food and drink and ritual washings. And it is just simply taking care of that situation at that time. It's not taking care of the entire problem. But look here, verse 11. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that great, perfect sanctuary in heaven, not made by human hands and not part of this created world. Once for all time, he took blood into that most holy place, but not the blood of goats and calves. He took his own blood, and with it he secured our salvation forever. Now you've heard me say this many, many times. When Jesus resurrected and Mary saw him, what did he say? Don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my Father. Don't touch me. The next time you see Jesus, he, the disciples are in a room. The doors are locked. The windows are closed and locked. Everything is locked down. And Jesus comes walking through the wall. And he says, Thomas, touch my hands, touch my side. Here, it's me. I'm just telling you this. Why? Why could Mary not touch him? And why could Thomas touch him? Very simple. He had not yet went into the holy place in heaven and offered his blood. Because when a high priest is getting ready to do the, the ritual of the sacrifice for the Day of Atonement, if he was touched by another human being, he was considered unclean. So that's why he said, don't touch me. So in between the time that Jesus sees Mary outside of the sepulcher and he walks into the room of the disciples, he has been in heaven putting his blood on the mercy seat and secured our salvation forever. Verse 13, under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ritual defilement. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our hearts from deeds that lead to death so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. And this is why he has one, he is the one who meditates the new covenant between God and people so that all who are invited can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under the first covenant. Now when someone dies and leaves a will, no one gets anything until it is proved that the person who wrote the will is dead. The will goes into effect only after the death of the person who wrote it. While the person is still alive, no one can use the will to get any of the things promised to them. That is why blood was required under the first covenant as a proof of death. For after Moses had given the people all of God's laws, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of God's laws and all the people using branches of hyssop bushes and scarlet wool. So you see, this New Test or this Old Testament thing is a, a, a ritual. It's a, it's a ritual, it's, it's, an out, it's an outside action that's going on here. Then he said, this blood confirms the covenant God 
has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the sacred tent and on everything else for worship. You know that uh, the tabernacle was a bloody place. Do you think those lambs, when they got on that altar and they're getting tied down, do you think they're cooperating? You know, animals can smell death and blood. You believe that? They can smell it. Try to unload a load of cattle at the slaughterhouse and see what they do. They don't want to go. They want to go home. They don't want anything to do with it. Brandon used to work at the slaughterhouse. Man. And it's, it's a bloody business. And so you've got these priests that are killing these animals. They're killing... There's turtle doves. There's there's uh, pigeons. There's there are uh, sheep and goats, and then there were all kinds of, of sacrifices that were required. And you know, according to the man's sin, that's what he had to take to the tabernacle to sacrifice. So if you saw your neighbor, and your neighbor's dragging a, a bullock, an oxen, up to the gates of the tabernacle he's he's in big trouble oh yeah I saw Brandon Brandon had a couple sheep I saw Brad the other day now Brad had he had about a 2,000 pound ox I think Brad's in trouble probably ought to put Brad on the prayer list probably got on the tabernacle social media and said prayer list put Brad back on the prayer list he's got an oxen taken up to the sacrifice so (laughs) get sacrificed wasn't that, isn't that some? In fact, we can say that according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified by sprinkling with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Now, let me give you a scripture that I, I didn't put on here. That, that goes back all the way to Leviticus. Okay? Leviticus 17.11. You can put that in your notes. Leviticus 17.11 says that the life is in the blood. Okay, so there had to be a life that was given. Leviticus 17, 11, The life is in the blood. Verse 23. That is why the earthly tent and everything in it, which were copies of things in heaven, had to be purified by the blood of animals, but the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. For Christ has entered into heaven itself to appear now before God as our advocate. He did not go into the earthly place of worship, for that was merely a copy of the real temple in heaven. So there you go. There was actually a temple, a tabernacle in heaven, a mercy seat in heaven. All of that business. Now, in Revelation, it talks about our prayers are, are in golden bowls that come into the presence of the Lord. I preached a couple Wednesday nights a year or so ago. I don't know, during the pandemic, who knows? We've been opened up and locked down and in the parking lot. We've been everywhere. But about the golden bowls that come before the presence of the Lord. That was pretty good when Bishop said, my prayers are going up. My prayers are going up. My prayers are in my clothes. My prayers are on my skin. My prayers are in my hair. And God is getting all of it. So you're not praying in vain. The answer may not come right away, but you're not praying in vain. Keep praying. He putting that incense on it. It was Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, who was standing beside the altar of incense 
taking care of that piece of furniture when the angel showed up and said your wife Elizabeth is going to have a baby and he is going to be something else amen nor verse 25 did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the earthly high priest who enters the most holy place year after year to offer the blood of an animal Jesus is going to do this one time once and for all so this is why we have a new way to worship today is because of that wonderful sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ now uh, I was researching and in the temple that was in Jerusalem they say that 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 uh, veil between the holy place was 42 feet high so when Jesus died on the cross that curtain ripped from the top to the bottom it was a 42 foot tear that's pretty awesome nobody touched it nobody pulled on it but God Almighty took care of it himself amen yes okay if verse 26 that had been necessary he would have to die again and again ever since the world began but no he came once for all time at the end of the age to remove the power of sin forever by his sacrificial death for us and just as it is destined that each person dies only once and after that comes judgment whoops so Christ also Christ died only once as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people he will come again but not to deal with our sins again this time he will bring salvation to all those who are eagerly waiting for him now on the day of atonement when the priest would go in and offer the blood sacrifice one time a year the fire of God would fall and consume the sacrifice and the offering of blood and then the priest would come out and he would stand before the people but the Bible says it's in Hebrews I didn't put that scripture on there but it says that when Christ had offered sacrifices once and for all he sat down meaning it's done it's over I don't have to do this and this will not have to be done anymore so no longer do we have to do blood sacrifices no longer do we have to do the rituals of the law simply because Christ has done it all for us and fulfilled it for us amen and then last scripture Hebrews chapter 10 verse number one says the old system in the law of Moses was only a shadow of the things to come not the reality of the good things Christ has done for us the sacrifices under the old system were repeated again and again year after year but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship but now because of that we can enter into the presence of the Lord whenever we want that's why when we come to church and the power of the Lord is moving and flowing you know that is an awesome privilege it's an awesome privilege to be able to go to church and feel the power and the presence of the Lord it's an awesome place when you come to church and know that God's gonna meet you it's not just a ritual you know uh, I don't look at living for the Lord like a ritual a relationship and it gets better every day 
And so I'm thankful for what the Lord did on the cross. Now, if you look at the way that the, the uh, instruments are laid out in the tabernacle, and I'm closing, they're laid out in the form of a cross. You have the altar, the laver, the altar of incense, and the Ark of the Covenant. And then the crossways, you have the golden candlestick and the table of shoes, just like a cross. It also represents the new birth. The tabernacle represents the new birth. The new birth is you come to the altar of death, that's repentance. You die out to your sins and yourself. You die out to what you want to do. You die out to what you think you need to do and what you think you need. And then you wash. Baptism. So we have repentance, dying out at the brazen altar. We have the brazen labor where we wash. That represents baptism. In the New Testament, that represents baptism. And here's, you know, somebody says, well, I don't think I'm going to get baptized. But what did God say about the priest? If you don't wash, you're going to die. Because when you walk in here, you're walking in by my requirements and by my standards. And so then we walk into the holy place, and now Jesus is the light of the world. He's the light in our hearts that were once darkened by sin. We have the altar of incense, which is our prayers, the prayers of the saints. We have the table of shoe bread, which is representative of the word of God that we consume every day to give us strength. And then behind the veil is the holy is the holies and the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the Spirit of God, and we now have access to all of that. So there you have the death, burial, and resurrection. Repentance, baptism, receive the Holy Ghost. Paul talked about the gospel. Let's all stand. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. said Christ died for our sins. He rose again, and he was resurrected. Right? Buried the third day and was resurrected. There it is. Amen. There it is. Tabernacle. A tabernacle in two weeks. Amen. All right. Lord, be with us. Keep your hand on us. Let us open up our hearts more and more as we enter in, Lord, to this next service coming up in Jesus. Amen. All right, freshen up. Walk down.